0: everybody. Thank you for tuning in. This is Sarcasm Orgasm, and my name is Cody O'Dell, and I'm the host of uh, Sarcasm Orgasm, the podcast. I am just wanted to say uh, before we start the podcast today, as far as my conversation with the guests today, uh, very funny comedian and maybe soon-to-be pastor, uh, Raymond Ortha. Uh, But before we get to that, I just did want to give a little quick intro because uh, we did record a podcast, uh, we recorded a longer segment than than what this podcast will have, and unfortunately due to some technical issues, I was having a little trouble. I do still have the file, and hopefully we'll be able to post the full conversation we had at some point, but for now this part of it was... Centered around a lot of stuff that Raymond's been doing, uh, very positive, uh, life-changing stuff that he's got going on in his life. And it was uh, really a great, fun conversation we had. I was really, left it with a a little bit more positive, upbeat attitude. Um, And that's just kind of how Raymond is. He's a very, uh, just upbeat and just hasn't this infectious sort of attitude and about him that uh you know all all the success he's had in stand-up which since I've known him I've known who he was uh, when I started stand-up 10 years ago you know it's it's obvious that the reason he's had so much success is because of just the uh I guess I don't know what you would call it mojo he's got or maybe it's uh just charisma or just you know that that's that sweet sauce that you put on the tacos you know, just something like that. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't want to sell you anything right now. I just want to say thank you so much again for tuning into my podcast, Sarcasm Orgasm. I work hard on this, and we've got a lot of great episodes up uh, to check out. So if you're interested to listen to more, it's available on all platforms. Just go to anchor.fm/sarcasmorgasm, and you can get it on anywhere Apple Podcasts, Spotify google i believe and many others so anyway without further ado uh let's get to our conversation and uh as always if you don't like what you're hearing please don't comment don't share and don't subscribe 1985 i arrived 33 years damn i'm
1: grateful i survived we wasn't supposed to get past 25 jokes on you motherfucker we alive On you, motherfucker.
0: We are so, what do you what do you foresee happening here? I mean, I, I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm not as like uh, religious as you are. So, mm-hmm. you know, I see some things and it's, happening, and it's not
1: and it's not religious, man. I, I want to tell you that too, bro. Like, mm-hmm. I want to tell you where this came from, and uh, and and just so people understand that I'm not like some uh, like church that uh, been brainwashed by some church or nothing. Like I had a near-death experience where God revealed himself to me and when he opened himself up to me and showed me how much he loves me, I realized how much power was inside of me because how much love he's poured into me. And when I died, the only way I can describe the love of, of God is a grandmother's love times quadrillion and it still doesn't make uh, justice of it. And God's love is inside of us. And when I when now... Having that power and understanding like when I went through this wormhole of death, it was life. I thought I was going to die, but I lived and I was born again. And when they were bringing me back to life, I had somebody praying over me. And when they prayed over me, I saw them like put a, a glowing orb about the size of a basketball. And it was I could see like a th- I, I was seen out of a third person perspective, like right over my ear. And I could see this orb being pushed into my chest and when it got pushed into my chest i immediately came back to life and i threw out i threw up this black tar slime uh-huh. that was i believe to be the spirit of fear that i was living in and okay. i was living in so much fear of dying man right. i was living in so much fear uh-huh. and i just felt i felt the presence it was awesome and this was when did this ha- this was a dream or this actually happened you're saying no this happened to me like when, I, this was I was when? so scared of dying this was like uh, close to seven years ago now, um, and and where like where were you
0: like what what was the circumstances surrounding it I guess is is why I'm curious. Okay, to.
1: so before this happened, I was so scared of dying. I was petrified. I was fearful, and living in that daily fear. And I feel that God, like let death happen to me. It, like uh, I was just sitting outside of my house. On a, on a rocking chair with my friend and I told him that I didn't feel right I didn't feel good and then something was going on and I felt like like uh, like I was having like a heart attack or something but in my brain at the same time and I was just like oh something's not right and I start seeing like tunnel vision like fade and as and like from the outside of my eyes just fading towards the center fading towards the center and all of a sudden as soon as it closed black it opens up in the most brilliant in the most magnificent show of colors and magnificent show of love and bliss and freedom and ultimate, like ultimate bliss and freedom and love was being coursed in through my veins and into my body, into my soul. And that like, I was just in a different realm traveling a thousand miles an hour, but feeling like I was like floating in nothing, but still flying through like multiple dimensions. Right. And at that time, all the information that I ever wanted to know, all the questions that I've ever had, were answered and and like downloaded into my body at, at a like in an instant. It was crazy. It was amazing. It was the most profound experience of my life,
0: dude. Um, that definitely sounds like something that I could imagine being a feeling that on a like DMT maybe or a, but but if you think about it, it's not that far fetched because DMT is made in our brains, so. Yeah.
1: Have you ever smoked DMT? And, and, no, I've never done DMT. I've uh, like, I understand the scientific aspect. Like when people say that a near-death experience is a uh, like a DMT release of the the penile gland, and I understand the science behind that. Right. Uh, I will point you to a story. This is crazy too because um, after this happened, I was traveling to Dallas via uh, airplane, which I never traveled through airplane. I always drive. Yeah. But this time something made me take the airplane. And um, as I was g- coming back from Dallas, like I was passing through a book, sh- book sh- uh like a magazine and book stop. And I look and I turn to the side and at the very furthest reaches of the very farthest corner of this bookstore, There was this book that was standing out like and I was walking like late to a flight and I'm trying to haul ass and I see this out of the corner of the eye and it's like a a white covered book and it's glowing like like come pick me up right now. Come pick me up right now. And I I was called to it and I went to go pick it up and the the name of it was called proof of heaven a neurosurgeon's life a neurosurgeon's journey into the afterlife a very very fascinating story where. This guy's a neurosurgeon who operates on people all the time and has people come to him and tell him that they had a near-death experience and that they told him the same thing that I'm telling you, that there's an immense love that they're feeling and all that stuff, and he tells them the same thing that you told me, that it's the the, the brain giving out, giving out its last pulses of energy before it dies and trying to, to grasp anything that will give you peace b- before you go. Well, yeah, this neurosurgeon, after telling so many people that – He, you know, it's a scientific analysis. You know, there's a scientific uh, explanation to this. He has a near-death experience himself where he dies for seven days. He's brain dead and his body's brain, like he's on a ventilator with a severe bacterial meningitis that's like less than a 1% chance of getting it. And anybody that would get it is like a 99.99.99 chance that you're going to, they're going to die. There's no way this dude's body dies for seven days and he goes through the most intense like uh journey of heaven where and i I, it'll be like a reading rainbow where i don't want to spoil the ending because the ending is just such a magical twist but you can look it up on youtube the the guy just uh uh, does speak uh speeches about it yeah and his name uh, uh just search proof of heaven a neurosurgeon's journey into the afterlife and um I want to I, – I can't think of the name off the top of my head, but you'll see it pop up. Okay. So Word. this guy comes back from the dead, and his body should be like – he's been dead for so long. He's had zero brain activity. This guy should be in a vegetative state. There's no way he should be alive. There's no way he should he, – he should have never survived. Not only did he survive, but he has full mental capacity – Full mental clarity and full function of his body like complete miraculous healing happened for this guy that he didn't believe he was not. He was non-believer, and he totally turned his perspective based on his story, which is his story wasn't even like God just showering him with love. It was like an entire amazing soap opera yeah. that when I read it, I was like, this gave me verification of what I felt was true. Now, another lady. That was that happened. This happened to me in just the town next door, like um, maybe 10 minutes away from my town in Mission, Texas. You can search this on the monitor. It came out in the monitor newspaper. And this lady was dead for 30 minutes, enough so that she was they were able to um, sign her death certificate. They signed it and I, like gave it to the family. And then 30 minutes later, her family went into the room, prayed for her and played uh, music for her. Uh, the Alleluia song and they played it for her and she was risen from the dead thirty minutes later and she had the same story to tell like the same thing that I'm telling you right now that God poured out her uh, his love into her is the same thing that I, that I'm that she said and I was just like wow like this is truly amazing yeah I'm so blessed
0: dude um I, yeah I, I I certainly think that I think Where you're coming from, and and I'm curious, I guess, is this something you, you, I know you said it's not necessarily religious in in its uh, nature, but do you, do you feel like the Christian God uh, as part of that? Or are you just more in an, are you talking more abstract?
1: No, like uh, people that pray to the universe are like new agers, like universe, please bless me abundantly. I'm like, you're praying to the universe. Where where I'm praying to the creator of the universe. Mm-hmm. Okay. The and it says in the Bible that he takes the stars and stretches them out like a tent. Right. Okay. So you're literally praying to God's tent. Right. Okay. I pray to God, the Almighty Creator, and the one that sent his son Jesus Christ to die for me so I could be saved and have all his superpowers inside of me. Right. I can heal people just like Jesus did, and I'm and I'm harnessing and practicing that. Like that to me. To me, the biggest conspiracy is the the cancellation and and calcification of the third eye, which is our true connection to God. And once we harness our third eye connection to the mind, body, and spirit and fully understand our superpowers, the government stands no chance. There's no reason they can think they can control us because we have the full authority to act as we want and to act in the way that God would have us act.
0: Well, dude, you know, on that note and how it relates to comedy, you know, specifically, man, I mean, like... The, our freedom of assembly has really been limited, and so we're we're seeing now like part of that power that you have as is your voice on stage when you're up there, and and you're spreading not you're just the laughter to the people, but the message to the people, man. And yeah, and you're uh, you know, you're able to connect in a way that you just can't do it. I mean, like it's great talking to you right now on on online, man. But like it's the the context and the dynamic of our conversation. If you and I were sit if you were sitting in my living room with me right now talking to me would be so different so it's like it's really tough because we're now having to be forced to kind of feel this disconnect from others and and i felt like man for a while even before all this happened i talked about like just how our phones have become like our reality where our reality where like actual reality is fake in a lot of ways so people live on this fake world that they have in their hand and the real world around them becomes the non like the so it's almost like you're in this state of not even existing and and if you look at like what how many like screen time and stuff that people have it's scary to think especially like I I like use my phone to work a lot so you know I know that part of it is a work related thing but it's like how much time you're on your phone how much they see of what we are looking at like I mean, literally if you if you think about it as like a stream like a beam of what your consciousness is actually perceiving in the moment like what you're perceiving right now Raymond is me talking to you. That's what, so they see this too. So we know, they know what our reality and consciousness is perceiving at all times this way. So it's almost like a mind control fuck that goes to like the layers deep that you don't even ever want to fucking comprehend on the matrix. They're building of data on every person and the algorithms they can create because of it. It's like a few years ago I had an iOS update and all of a sudden I was going to hyenas one night because I would go there on Wednesdays usually. And it, I didn't even open my maps, and it pops up and says it's 17 minutes to Hyena's Comedy Club, and I'm like, "Fucking, how the fuck did you know that's where I was going, Siri?" And it's like that's predictive algorithms that they've already yep. had in in place. So decision making and and creating a, this 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 whole interface of the like who you're who you are based on your decisions and writing that out is almost like code. They can almost create an artificial intelligence based on your decision patterns. To predictively determine what your decision patterns would be, so it's almost like you could have a, a, a an artificial you that dis- could uh, mimic the decisions you make, and then it would almost be an interesting case study to see what a person would actually do based on what the predictive algorithms would say they were going to do. <laughs> if we're not already in I, the simulation,
1: <laughs> I have a I have a like a conspiracy theory that goes deeper along those lines. Yeah. And um, I have, by the way, I'll, and I'll be the first to say, I mean, I, I personally have not dug any deeper than my own thoughts on this. Mm-hmm. I've done no research. I have no evidence about what I'm going to say. This is just my personal theory. So this is literally a conspiracy theory. Sure. But just based off of what I saw with my eyes. Sure. Okay. Um, I, I had a bloody nose one time, like I was out in the sun working and fishing. And I just uh, got a bloody nose, and I wiped a tissue to stop it, and I threw it in the toilet, and I, I forgot to flush, it and I just left. I, I went outside again, and uh, like I came back, maybe like a, like a day had gone by before I went back into the bathroom, because it was like an uh, like an outside bathroom, so it was like a a warm yeah. bathroom, right? And in that time, the blood on the tissue had started making its way from the tissue around the toilet bowl through the water yep. and started like trying to like re-, re replicate cells to climb out of the toilet. Right. Okay. So it was, it was making a design, a ring around the water and then like, like starting to climb out of the toilet. Yeah. And I thought, wow, the blood is actually trying to get away, like forming, replicating new cells to get away from the bacterial situation that it's in right now. And that to me was so fascinating that I think if they're able to, if, if I'm able to do that in a in a fucking warm toilet, yeah, with my, with a bloody nose, what can they do with the amount of blood that they get when you go donate blood for the Red Cross? Can right. they make a clone of you? Can they use this clone to go and cause a mass, um, a false flag? Can they go and and send this clone of you and like if they want to plant? crimes on you can they put a put your clone out there and then come after you right that's that's a conspiracy theory yeah and and i mean the cloning the cloning technology and all that stuff it's already been discovered sure. that all that stuff is is already there the sh- so, I mean, what was her name dolly
0: fresh. the sheep or the, i mean that was that's already been how long ago that's a while back yeah dude we've, I mean, we've, like we've 15, had the, 16 years ago we've had the human genome mapped now for almost two decades dude i mean like we're but we're reaching a point dude so i i'll, I'll give you one a good one a little kernel here for I mean, I, I certainly think that uh, there's uh, evidence to suggest we've been genetically engineered. By whom? I don't know. I would, I would postulate, from a scientific standpoint, extraterrestrial life being the most um, logical uh, explanation. But if you look at our second chromosome, you can see a fusion that occurred there um, down to the base pairs we've identified where it happened. Um, that, that explains our 46 chromosomes not being 48. And it's interesting because it corresponds to the ape 13th chromosome, the two that fused. And you're like, how do these chromosomes well, dude, fuse? How do these fuse though? How how does this happen? Like, you're gonna freak a out. A random you're genetic mutation?
1: Out. Like, mm, doesn't sound likely. Go ahead. Sorry. You're gonna freak out, What's with up? this, dude, because you're talking up? to me about chromosome counts, dude. What? And you could search this out, dude. What I'm about to tell you is just magical. It's magical. There's no, there's no scientific explanation that's gonna uh, gonna explain to you what I'm about to tell you. Okay. But it's ma- absolutely magical. And, I mean, you can live your life as if nothing is miracles. Or you can live your life as if everything is a miracle. Right. And I, I live my life as if everything is a miracle. And, and I'm going to tell you this story about chromosomes in the blood. And talking about uh, the extraterrestrial shift that you're talking about in the DNA. And uh, there's this guy named Ron Wyatt. You can look him up on YouTube. I highly recommend it. Uh, he's a man that died in 1999. But he was truly... A servant of God. And he found six biblical archaeological sites. He found Noah's Ark. He found Sodom and Gomorrah. He found the Exodus Crossing. Like truly, I mean, a gift on the internet. You can search his videos. He has full documentaries of Noah's Ark. All the archaeological seismographic evidence to show that it's a boat Mm -hmm. lodged into the mountain of Ararat. Just like it says in the Bible. So, I mean, this guy discovered so much stuff. He also discovers... This is crazy. This is... the the story I'm about to tell you is just magical. Okay, it's magical. In the Bible, there's the Ark of the Covenant, which is where the stones of Moses are stored to keep the Ten Commandments. Right. And before the the temple got raided, uh, David's temple got raided. Um, they they took the Ark of the Covenant and they hid it in a cave system so that it would be uh they wouldn't be taken and looted by the other army. Sure. This is gonna get crazy. This is gonna get get crazy. When Jesus was crucified. He was crucified directly above the cave system where the Ark of the Covenant is is, is at. Okay, mm-hmm. Ron White found the Ark of the Covenant. There's videos of him describing what it's like. They try to. He has like some obscure picture of it, and uh, like the when he was going in through the cave system, he had a little uh, Middle Eastern kid helping him dig through this cave system, and when the kid goes into the cave system and and sees the Ark of the Covenant. The guy the kid goes like terrified, running out of the cave system, doesn't ask to be paid, he just runs and like never hear from him again. Well, Ron Wyatt goes into this place, the cave system, and he sees that there's two angels guarding the Ark of the Covenant. And dude, this guy, when you talk to him, he's not he's not a crazy person. He's just truly a servant of God, just like uncovering God's works. This is where it gets crazy. On the on the Ark of the Covenant, which is the throne of God on the earth, this is literally the seat of God. Directly above the Ark of the Covenant was the crucifixion site that he found as well, where Jesus was crucified when he was crucified, that the earth shook. And it's written on multiple accounts, not just in the Bible, but by other historical accounts that when Jesus was crucified... The earth shook violently and was dark for six hours. That couldn't have been a solar eclipse. By the way, they last two three minutes. The earth was dark for six hours in the middle of the day. As they crucified him and as the Romans uh, speared him in the in the in the body, the blood dripped from the from his body down the cross. And as the earth was shaking, the earth cracked, and his blood dripped down that crack and directly landed. On the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant. Now, how do they know it was Jesus's blood? Okay, this is where it gets crazy. You're talking to me about the chromosome counts. This is crazy. Okay, this is this is gonna get nuts. Whew, I feel just chills just just telling you this story. They they find the Ark of the Covenant. There's dried blood on the Ark, and it, there's there, they weren't even speculating that it's Jesus's blood. They thought it was a uh, animal blood that they had sacrificed on the on the Ark as uh, they did in those days so they take the dried blood and take samplings and shave it off and take it to a lab to be analyzed this is where it gets crazy the people this this blood has been dried for two thousand years okay this there's no way this blood should come this should be alive there's no way you should get any information of it but they put it in saline solution and had it in one of those little spinning test tube things for three days huh three days like when jesus was put in the ground for three days and resurrected after three days, that blood sample comes back to life, okay? It comes back to life and it shows the chromosome count. And the, they were able to take chromosome count off of this blood sample and said it was a man's blood, male. But how we normally carry 46 chromosomes, this one only had 24 chromosomes. 23 were from the mother and only one chromosome from, a, from the father and it was from an unearthly origin and dude you could watch this and 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 see the the scientists that they were doing the study he's like what they asked him like what blood is it they're muslims they're muslim and and jews uh and atheist scientists working on this and when ron white tells them where they found it like all of them converted right there they 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 saw the study they 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 saw that the The blood, the chromosome count is impossible to be a man with 24 chromosomes. It'd be like a heap of flesh with like a, with an arm sticking out and an eye, like not fully formed, but 24 chromosomes, 23 from the mother and one from the father of an unearthly origin, proving the virgin birth of, of divine conception. So that right there, why that isn't common knowledge to everybody is, is, I mean, it's because they want to keep us away from the connection to God. Yeah. Um... I need to check. I mean, I'm I'm willing to check that out. I I, um... please do. His name is Ron Wyatt, and you could look up all his stuff. He's got like seven full documentaries. I have them all, dude. I I, I've done so much digging into this because after my near death experience, not only did I get led to that book about the neurosurgeon, I also got led to Ron Wyatt, which gave me further affirmations into my life that the Bible is true and God's word is true, and he and he wants a relationship with you. It's I just have so much evidence to show people, and it's like I can show you pictures of the the wagon wheels that he found at the bottom of the Red Sea that matched the the pharaoh's chariots on the pyramids. Yeah, you know, how are you gonna deny evidence when I show it to you like that? You know, <laughs> like mean, there's no way to deny it. I,
0: dude, I grew up in uh, in church, man. Uh, I definitely am. A, I mean, I was uh, starting from. I mean, as early as I can remember, and I was pretty active in my church um, as far as. I was in, like, the youth uh, group. I was played in, like, the band and then the church orchestra because I'm a percussionist. I, you know, went on mission trips to Mexico and helped with some, like... Uh, wow. You know, a bunch of different stuff, man. And I was pretty active. I helped in the uh, nursery of the church um, for two- and three-year-olds for, like, six years. Volunteered. Wow. I did a lot of it, a lot of stuff, man. And um, I, I I, drifted away a little while back, man, but I, I, I just... I think the spirit of what Christ's message in the Bible is, is is lost on a lot of people. I, I don't think a lot of people actually understand really what he stood for. And I think what, in general sense, a lot of uh, great men in history have stood for in similar ways as far as, you know, uh, standing up to. And I think it, it maybe down in the in the place where I find my calling to comedy, if you will, is that kind of spirit of, like, I feel I need to almost like I, 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 I labeled it like being Paul Revere in a way, you know, but like just sounding the alarm kind of thing when people are uh, getting too comfortable with how shit is going because the world's crazy, man, and, and I'm not afraid of um, as far as just uh, going into some eternal state of hell. Um, I think we create our own reality here and, and a lot of times we we don't let ourselves be present enough because we're too worried about the future or the past. It's like presence is so important in life and it's very, it's so easy to say it, but it's so difficult to actually achieve it uh, in terms of being truly present. I think where you find your, you know, your third eye and where you find your connection and uh, I I don't pray to any universal God, but I, I look at the sense of like there's a greater energy of which, which comprehension I don't understand um, and, I, and I, I, I definitely don't um, I, I, I do things because I, I want to be a good person I don't I do not do things because I feel like there's going to be some sort of judgment about it it's like it's just because it's better to do the right thing because it makes me feel better as a human being and it makes it makes this experience do together you, a little bit easier for all of us do you feel that's
1: do you feel that that uh, goodness is placed in your heart like you want to be a good person like, do you feel, like, do you feel that that is placed in your heart?
0: I feel it as if it's something in my heart. But I also, if to borrow from Jordan Peterson, and I and I don't know how familiar you are with him, but he's he's really had a lot of interesting lectures he's given. But one of them is acknowledging the monster, and and, and I think that's another part of our existence. There's a, always a yin to the yang. You know, you always have to acknowledge that it's there, and it's present always in you. You could be capable of doing things that you never thought you might um and we always yeah, well, have to deal
1: Jesus, be... Jesus Jesus went into the banks and the I mean went into the temple and started flipping tables over and started whipping off on uh, bankers and thieves you know like it's it we are warriors but check this out like it says in the bible that his word is inscribed in your heart it used to be inscribed in stone tablets but after the new covenant with Jesus Christ he inscribed that message in your heart that's why you want to do good and if you uh, you can actually research this as well there was actually a secret message found written inside the code of the DNA like they they did a a code where like they take every seven letters and like start like taking the seven letters of your DNA and putting them in a message and it actually the scientists were able to find a code that spent that spelt out a message saying this is your this is the great creator this is a secret to creation now go spread go spread it amongst others in a peaceful way and I highly recommend you do that a right. uh, secret message YouTube it and, and Google say, um, secret message found in DNA and just, and see what you find. There's, there's multiple videos on the subject Word. now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Um, no, uh, I, I, I just I guess, feel that um, I feel so powerful to, to pray for you right now. dude. you like, I know that you were no, that yeah, close yeah. to the church They're, and bro. I feel, I feel that, yeah, I feel that the, the church was like, did you wrong? And I feel that. It's not the church that that you should be seeking the relationship with. I, I understand why people go to church because they think that's the body of God, like uh, you know, it personified. But the body of God and the the Spirit of God and the the human and the Holy Spirit are inside of you. And when Jesus died and when He was crucified, like I want you to understand, I have a son and I'm extremely proud of my son. He's 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 six years old and he's my oh he's so awesome. I love him so much. Yeah. And I want you to understand. As much as i love my son i i think he's amazing he's proud he's he's just a, just a sweet kid and I'm, just, I'm so proud of him yeah even if i was even if he wasn't a sweet kid i'd still be proud of him even if he was a p- piece of shit, i would still be proud of him now that being said how proud do you think god is of jesus who walked the earth like healing people miraculously instantaneously and man, God must have been beaming with joy. And he said it himself, this is my son Jesus to John the Baptist. He said, this is my son Jesus who I am much well pleased. And so how proud he is of his son. And then imagine the love that he has for you because he took his son and put him on a post so that he could be flogged and face the ultimate death so that your sins could be washed away. And he got flogged and for your healing for your soul and spirit to be rejuvenated, he took all the stripes, dude. He took all the whippings and all the shit that we deserved, all the impurities that we have in our hearts. That we, he took them all, dude. He took them all for us. And then, when 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 they after they flogged him, they put him up on the cross and they killed him so that we could have his blood. When his blood was spilled, it went directly onto the mercy seat. And this is what's crazy: when when Jesus was crucified, the temple. Was torn down, and this and the place that that separated the people from the holy of holies, the curtain that separated was like a foot thick. Okay, like a foot thick of fabric, and it was split right down the middle, down in two, as as Jesus was crucified. Why? Because when he spilt his blood and he died, it opened up the portal. Of, of the relationship that we can have to God. Before, they used to have to go to the priest, and the priest would have to go pray to the Holy of Holies, and then it'd finally get to God. Yeah. But now, when Jesus died, we have a direct portal. And it's not about being the church. It's about having Jesus inside of you and dwell like a lion inside of you. And he can be a saint, just pleasing people and healing people, but at the same time, you have the ferocity of the Lion of Judah inside of you. And when you understand how much power that is, how much authority you have, you walk with a whole new swagger and you walk with a whole new confidence in life, dude. And when that happens, when you have that full confidence, I really pray that my brother Cody here, I I pray, I declare, I declare that he understands and he opens his heart again. I declare it right now. I declare his spirit rejuvenated. I declare his soul cleansed with your Holy Spirit. And I declare the body healed from head to toe right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Jehovah Rapha. Yeah, Hashua, right now into his body, right now Amen. into his soul, right now, <laughs> right now. Are you Are you going to be making
0: a career Ooh. change here? Should I? Is it going to be? Is going to become I'm really pastor it, Raymond
1: Orta, no longer comedian? I'm I'm just really thinking about it, bro. It like, sounds like it, man. I'll be like, I like no no no. I'm so no. fired up, bro.
0: Um, that's great. I mean, I dude, I'm going to tell you what, man. Uh, I I can appreciate your enthusiasm about it. I I I certainly understand that we all are dealing with our conception of, of reality in, in our own ways. And, and for me, man, I mean, like personally, I, I, I know, I know the message and, and I've heard a lot over my life. And so, you know, it's, it's something that I, that I hold in me in, in a lot of ways in terms of like how I've, my value systems in a lot of ways. Um, but at the same time, I'm also not necessarily believing in every little detail of what it says. I, I, I feel like what my distance uh, where my distance originated is, is the, the fact that I, I just, I guess my curiosity level in terms of the questions I was asking got to a point where I started having to examine information that was difficult to look at. I, it, it disagreed with what I believed, right? So I didn't like it and, and it made me not want to see it, but then I, I kind of like learned about how I think in terms of like kind of studying how our minds work as people and human beings and confirmation bias I realized was something that I think was holding me because I'm not going to say anybody's wrong about what they believe. but. There's certainly an a tendency we all have to like uh, justify what we believe with further information, and it's why the left becomes far left, and it's why the right becomes far right because they only justify their their be beliefs with with uh, allowing information in that that agrees with them. They don't disagree with them. Yeah. So once I started doing that, the questions that were that were being piled up were just not getting sufficient answers. And I'll give you an example of one. Um, I'm sure you believe in hell, correct? I mean, like,
1: yeah. And uh, I, hell is actually a separation and a separation of God's love from you. Right. And when you felt God's love, like I have, when you felt it personally, thinking of his love being separated from me is the most absolute, terrifying, awful thing I can think of. It's the most awful, awful, awful thing I can think of. Like to be separated from his love is torture, is being in fire, is being surrounded by demons, is... It's terrible. For, Just the, it's, I would it, agree yeah. with you.
0: I would say I would. I think the most awful thing I can think of <clears throat> is the sun
1: burning out. <laughs> that would suck. And and there's a lot of people that have had near death experiences where they don't see God. They go to hell for like 23 minutes and stuff, and they feel they feel every bit of pain. They feel there, every bit of the demons attacking them. And there, there's some intense if, ass near death experiences. That's the the
0: the baseline of what I what I'm saying though. I guess is that I I look at it. Um, as there's, if if I'm if I'm gonna go to heaven, which first off, dude, I don't even think living like eternal life to me does it. It actually doesn't really sound that appealing. Like eternal consciousness, maybe, is what I would would really <coughs> say. It is not eternal life so much as it's eternal consciousness. And so I I don't that I f- that that is a scary idea to me. Like that idea to me is frightening. Like imagining an eternity of of consciousness doesn't to me sound appealing i think sleep is what we all go to because we can't deal with consciousness in real life physical realm on a daily basis we have to sleep to like turn our brains off essentially so like in the sense of like being dead if that there's there's a if there's a eternal if there's a consciousness that exists outside of this realm physically then I'm not necessarily sure I want to be there forever. <laughs> I mean it sounds like it'd be f- it's a fun party and then eventually you want you're ready to leave the party and that's where I look at it but that, I don't that's think— that's what happens uh, with a soul I don't that's think what it's happens wrong. like when, when you get tired of it right but, it, but what I'm saying too, to you is that I don't think it's wrong that if you do want and, and maybe maybe that is what heaven is is your your eternal spirit existence there. Um, yeah. And for me, it's. And different. I'll tell you what. Like, I don't know it, what heaven it is to everybody else, but if, if my loved ones, if my heaven, if I could describe what my heaven would look like, ideally, my loved ones would be there. So, and you would be there, Raymond. And it's like, but if we're not yeah. matched up in that, like, where, where do we find ourselves then, you know?
1: Well, um, when I died, I understood this more than ever. Uh, in the Bible, it says, a thousand years with the Lord is like a second, and a second is like a thousand years. And I understand what that means, dude. Like, I tasted the love and freedom and bliss for just, I think I was dead for like 11 to 30 seconds, somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. And uh, my entire color left my body and I just went gray. Like in, I was instantly dead. And then when I came back, I was instantly alive. And um, when I understood how much, I want you to think about this in perspective, like in the, in the span of time, humans have been alive for a, like, if you put it on a timeline, we've been alive for a blip. You know, right. a little a little blip. And when you understand like the that's that's humans as a race uh, now put you as an individual, that blip turns even smaller. OK, so it's it, because that little fraction, like 70, 80 years in the scheme of things seems like a tiny sliver of that timeline. So when you think about it, like when somebody dies 10, 15 years like ahead of you, like like my dad, he passed away two years ago. He's been resting in God's love for two years, but he feels like he just got there. Like he feels like it's been five seconds that have gone by and he's just rejoicing and being loved on a different level that is unfathomable by our four pound brain. And he's, and, and I have the power within me to go raise him from the dead. I have it within me to go raise him from the dead. Would I want to do that? No, because I've died and been brought back to heaven. I've gone back to earth and I was depressed when I came back, like, I was so sad because I had felt the love that God has for me. And I didn't want to come back after that. Like, now I have to deal with the IRS and shit. Like, <laughs> man, like, so uh, after feeling the true freedom and bliss, like, I, the, the last thing I would want to do is go raise my dad from the dead. Because he'd be, like, the most pissed off person. Like, what the hell did you do? Why did you do this? And they're like, why would you bring me back? Like, ah. So it's it's um, it's um, amazing, bro. God's love is true, man. And he wants to love you, dude. He, he wants if you understood how like i feel it like when god was put his his son into me it says god's jesus's wisdom it goes like all of the all of the wisdom of the ages was in jesus and jesus's knowledge is inside of me and i'm i'm giving you this message on behalf of him it's not even me doing the the message it's just it's just him coursing through me dude and, and today uh, and this is a cool comedy side note for you bro yeah. Uh, this is a great comedy side note. The reason I'm so effective on stage and the reason that I bring laughter on the level that I bring is not necessarily my comedy. It's because I before I go on stage, I tell I say an honest prayer and I've and some audience members have even been backstage with me when I say this prayer and they and I bring them into it. and I tell them, you know, I say, Lord, God, please let let your presence be seen through me through the laughter that I bring so that these people can feel your presence through this laughter that I he- bring to them, uh, healing laughter. And, and and please use me as your vessel to find that that laughter that they need to, to heal from the inside out. And, and I've, every time I go on stage, I tell God to show his presence through me to bring laughter to the people. And every time I go on stage, I absolutely devour the stage. I devour the whole audience and I give them full energy, bro and they feel it, yeah. you know, and it's it's something powerful. The, uh, just a little prayer, Bro, so just a little prayer right before you go on stage is going to explode what, your career. What you
0: just said, man, it made, me, it made me think of Hicks, dude. The one when he came came out on the one night stand on HBO back in like 88 and he's like, uh, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, vibrations in the mind of the one true God whose name is love. <laughs> and you're like, what? The yeah, f-? yeah, <laughs> yeah, dude, oh, yeah, man. Bro, you know, oh, it's been a, it's been great talking to you, man. Um, it, it seems like you're in really good spirits, and that's great to
1: see, man. I mean, it's, it's not Dude, easy I'm to so keep great, up good bro. spirits these days, uh, I will say. I'm so, so filled, bro. And I and I hope that anybody that is listening to this podcast, I hope anybody that sees this message, and I hope that they when they see this message, they'll put in the comments, I got the message. And I hope that you fill your cup Inside of you, fill your body with peace and love and healing right now. And and Jesus' name in the in the Torah, so one of Jesus' name was Yehovah Rapha, which literally translates to I am your healing. And another name that they called him was Yehovah Shalom, which means I am your peace. So anybody listening to this, I'm declaring right now in, to the Father, Abba. Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Shalom into anybody that's listening right now, into their soul, into their very purity of their consciousness so that they may feel the love and peace that I feel because it is the most glorious thing. And I pray that it opens up people's hearts when they listen to this. And I hope that the peace and love of God flows through all the people and they heal from head to toe in Jesus name. Amen. Wow. Powerful shit, brother. Yeah, I'm telling Damn. you, bro. I'm fired up, dude. Yahshua, yeah, Yahshua. <laughs> I'm fired up, bro. I'm oh, fired up today, dude. Man, I'm fired dude, up.
0: I love it, man. I love it. I love it. That's great, man. And I'll and I'll I'm second that up. on it. And I'm not necessarily in the same exact way, but uh, I, the spirit of it uh, came through to me, man. So I appreciate it. Yeah, thank. You.
1: Good. That's thank my words, you. bro. That's 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 Jesus's words, f- 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 like coursing through me to you, bro. And I told God today to use me as his tool, man. And I've healed seven people today. Today. I healed them today. And I'm just so thankful that he uses me as his tool, man. And I hope that when people come to me and they and they see me in public, uh, there's a thousand percent chance that I'm going to pray for you. A thousand percent chance I'm going to do it loud and proud. And uh, and I'm going to cast healings into you. And I'm going to cast demons out of you. Believe that. Dude. And uh it's not me doing that. It's Jesus and God doing the work through me. I'm just a tool. I'm just a tool and I'm, and I'm being used how he wants. That's it.
0: Well, it, the tool, Raymond Norta. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, here. I'm here. I'm here. No, the of man.
1: It's, uh,
0: I wish I had more time to, to chat with you, man. I unfortunately don't. But uh, thank you for yeah, joining I did, I, me I need to get going too, on, brother. On the podcast. God bless you. Yeah. God bless
1: anybody that listens to this message. And I, I, I pray peace and peace and the armor of God all over your body and all over your home that it protects you always and any demons that try to form cast uh, weapons against you let them be cast away with the full authority of the son and the father all together right now right now right now amen